Hey, it's Kathy. I'm so excited because, drumroll please, doors are officially open to my program, The Abundance Method. I have been wanting to put this program out in the world for two and a half years. I've been working on it behind the scenes, and this is my signature program. This is the program that is going to teach you the method, the framework for how to become a master manifester in your life. Why is that? Because everything is vibration. We live in a world that is atomic. That means the world is made of atoms, which is energy. 99.9% of every atom is energy and less than 1% particle. So in order for us to manifest in our life, we need to become the highest vibe possible and to sustain that. This program is going to show you how to meditate and how to set your day on the right track so that you have a practice that can help you project your amazing energy into the world, which will bend the 3D, which will help you manifest in ways that you won't even believe. This is a transformative live program. It is designed to help you on this journey of spiritual awakening. It's going to give you tons of tools. I'm going to show you how to change your energy, master the manifestation once and for all, This is the first program of its kind. We're actually trademarking all of this framework because it is something that is so unique and I think you're going to be so excited about learning it. Also, there are some bonuses right now. If you sign up before May 14th, you're gonna get the following. A magic morning journal, which is going to help you every day to set your energy in the right way, daily prompts. Plus, you're gonna get an exclusive podcast so that you can be listening to this program If you can't make the live Zoom calls, we can give it to you on a track so that you can be listening to it like you do a podcast. Also, you're going to get a pack of 10 meditations from me, and you're going to be getting a training that I just gave a workshop called Permission to be Rich, one of the best workshops I've ever done, which you will love. And there is a platinum level to this program. If you choose the platinum level, not only do you get extra coaching calls with me, you also get extra mentor support, but this is really cool. You also get a retreat included. My retreats are normally $3,000. You will get the retreat for free included. Plus, you will get a front row seat at that retreat because you will be on the Platinum VIP track at the retreat. All of this is here for you. I'd love to see you in this program. I want to see you tapping in, turning on to that electricity within you so that you can find your way to the life that you were born to manifest for yourself. You can join us now at kathyheller.com slash join. I cannot wait. Get on in there, see what all the excitement is about. It's going to be so much fun. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I hope you're having a beautiful week. I wanted to share with you for the first time ever a sneak peek of my book. I wanted to read you um, one of the chapters and the chapter I chose today is chapter nine and it's called Learning to Restore. And this is definitely something that has been my biggest work lately And I hope you enjoy this. I hope you get something from this. So learning to restore. It starts with a quote from Elizabeth Gilbert. It says, do you have the courage to bring forth the treasures that are hidden within you? We must make time to pause. Life is not a race to see who can be the busiest and most stressed. If the goal is creating beautiful things and living with the highest vibration, we need to learn how to restore and nurture ourselves. 
the more our cups are full, the more we have to give. Incorporating mindful living into my life is what allows me to do this deeper work. It's more effective than making lists or strategizing. It's just as crucial as understanding my business or even leaning into my joy. A daily practice of being in the here and now makes a huge difference. With only a few moments of stillness, the compass turns inward and finds that space where I'm outside the storm and able to hear the truth of my inner whisper. All of that really comes through the practice of rest. My rabbi, David Aaron, taught me we are human beings, not human doings. It's important to maintain communication with our highest self, with God, our source, the spiritual reality, whatever you want to call it, and connect to the flow of that divinity. By settling into a quiet space that exists beyond the worries and beyond the stresses of the past, present, and future, we tap into an unlimited source of abundance where all is possible. I'm constantly trying to work on this. I remember tears welling in my eyes as I admitted to some friends, I don't know how to do the weekends. I feel anxious. I feel like I only know how to do Monday through Friday. How sad is it that I couldn't even enjoy the weekends? There's a beautiful Mary Oliver poem called Wild Geese. And in the poem, she says, you don't have to walk on your knees for a thousand miles in the desert. We must remind ourselves of this every day. You are loved unconditionally. You don't have to earn it. We often miss this fact when we're too busy working. That's why I love the work of bestselling author, mother, and entrepreneur, Kate Northrup, whose book, Do Less, helps us learn to do less and live more. In her book, she writes, the way we work in our culture is as though we're in a perpetual harvest, but anyone who's grown anything in the earth knows that this is impossible. That hit me right between the eyes. I often fall prey to the 24-7 entrepreneur mentality. I expect a business win every day, every month, and year. I'm constantly looking for the next big achievement, but life isn't meant to be a series of the greatest projects and successes and milestones. Abrahamic religions teach us that within the seven days of creation, even God took a day for rest. Perhaps what we learn from this is that the work is not complete without the downtime. We set ourselves up for failure by putting constant pressure on ourselves to produce. That's not how nature works. There are seasons to every process. The earth also needs time to replenish. It rains, the leaves fall, and the winter comes. And then the seeds slowly start to germinate again, even more nourished and stronger than before. Imagine how our lives would change and how much more beautiful and rich our work could be if we were energized and present instead of wired and tired. We need to slow down not only to discover our own truth, but also to create deeper work. The creative process needs space. But when do we pause and when do we fill up our cups? When do we restore and when do we replenish? We are constantly comparing ourselves to everyone else as if everyone's having a win every second. As a result, we're constantly giving ourselves this expectation of what success should look and feel like. And when we don't hit that target every second of every day, we think we're failing. It's taken me my whole life, but I've finally been making space to unwind, taking walks without my phone, reading books just for fun, not for work, hanging out with the kids without needing to do something extravagant, enjoying moments where nothing is planned, and knowing that it's totally okay. I'm finally catching my breath. We feel a sense of bliss and weightlessness when we surrender to the present moment. We greet ourselves at our own door and arrive to see all the beauty available in the here and now. Often we also gain clarity about what is true. I've experienced richer ideas about what I want to create and what I long to express when I take a pause. Inspiration washes over us when we slow down and allow it to catch us. From here, we take action with a renewed sense of purpose. 
Julia Cameron, the author of The Artist's Way, helps us understand this. Through the process of writing morning pages, you start to get insights, intuition. It's as though you can turn the dial over to receive. If you think of it as being a radio kit with morning pages, you're sending. With artist dates, you're receiving. Cameron later added an exercise to part of her prescriptions for creativity. When I teach now, I assign walks. I usually assign two 20-minute walks a week. It gives you a sense of well-being. If you've got a feeling like you're in a strange place in a strange world, you start to feel, oh, it's all sort of beautiful, isn't it? Susan Kaiser Greenland is the best-selling author of The Mindful Child and Mindful Games. She's an expert in mindfulness and meditation, and she is adamant about everyone slowing down. Rushing feels a lot like living in a state of fight or flight, which lights up our nervous system and dims our critical thinking. Although that internal alarm to escape served us well back in the day, it is usually too dramatic a reaction to the daily stressors of modern life, she said. Creating some space between our thoughts and reactions allows us to reassess the validity of our perceived threats. You become the watcher of your thoughts, which gives you the godlike ability to focus on only those that are the most positive and empowered. I signed up for meditation classes at the UCLA Mindful Awareness Research Center, and I learned to separate myself from my thoughts for the first time. At first, I was in physical pain, but the discomfort was a wake-up call to explore this undiscovered side of myself. What a relief it was to learn that I did not have to ride the waves of my self-destructive thoughts, that I could simply drift down into the deep ocean where peace and silence are always present. The ability to ground down into that internal knowledge of wholeness transformed how I interacted with the world and most importantly with myself. Susan told me, feelings are like visitors. They're going to keep knocking on your door louder and louder until you open the door and let them in. When you sit with them for a little while, they're going to leave just like that house guest is going to leave. They might stay for an hour, a day, or three days, but eventually that person or feeling will pass. There's a part of you that wants to come home to yourself. You're so extraordinary and there's such a rich world inside of you. You will be so delighted to get to know yourself better. Pain is inevitable. We're going to deal with hard things and we're going to be stressed, but I believe that the agony is caused in part by a lack of tools to confront pain, to create space for it, and then let it go. If you're feeling an emotion but not dealing with it, it will remain in the background. You will overreact to something, have a hard time breathing, or feel super stressed, but you won't be sure why. Our subconscious mind is charting the course either toward or away from the result that we've been hoping for. We can learn all the strategies. We can find a mentor, take classes, set meetings, and reverse engineer all the action steps necessary to achieve our goals, but we won't get far with limiting thoughts floating in our subconscious. Ultimately, what you believe in your subconscious mind will determine your results. Before we make a single move, we have to understand the underlying beliefs that created the limitations we live within today. And and then figure out how to change them for a more empowered, self-directed future. The brain is a human's absolute greatest gift. It is where we process information, make plans, calculate expenses, and approach decisions with rational intent. Our mind has about 70,000 thoughts per day, and most originate in the subconscious. The conscious mind accounts for just 10% of the total activity happening in your brain. The subconscious mind accounts for the remaining 90%. It is the massive iceberg beneath the water that the captain cannot see, although it's powerful enough to take down the ship. It collects all the information that your mind has ever processed since the day you were born and files it away as beliefs that direct your decisions and words every day. The issue here 
here is that there's no built-in filter optimizing positive love-based thoughts. The subconscious mind takes singular moments and experiences and files them all away in the truth drawer. The moment you were told that you're too fat to be a ballerina, truth. The belief that money causes stress since your parents were always arguing about it, truth. The first time you fail a test and think you must not be very intelligent, truth. These assumed truths might serve us for a moment, creating awareness around a situation that could cause us pain, but they too often become the invisible factors that hinder our growth and evolution as adults. These assumed truths run in the background and manifest as failed relationships, unrealized dreams, neglected health, overwhelming fatigue, or consuming panic attacks. You wonder what's wrong, why you can't motivate yourself to just do better, but there's a broken processing system that is making improvement near impossible. Look around and recognize that the life you have today is a direct result of the thoughts replaying in your subconscious mind, as is everyone else's. These truths were learned for our survival, but they should be constantly reworked for a more vibrant and aligned future. If you want to get the most out of yourself and take sustainable action, then you must make sure those beliefs can change. My friend and teacher Dick Solomon uses a beautiful analogy of a scale that can be rebalanced. While our past might have placed some rocks on the negative side of that scale, we can work toward a more positive equilibrium. He said, you can get positive rocks on the other side of the scale so that ultimately the net effect is positive and more realistic. You wouldn't believe how much you can extend your reach and effectiveness and how that shows up. Most of us are comfortable performing at a certain level, but you never know what will happen if you take action to shift your comfort zones. Having a routine that encourages you to slow down is an important concept that nearly every successful person I've interviewed on my podcast mentions. If you think about the beauty of music, you can recognize that the pause between notes is what makes the music possible. It's the same in our lives. By creating a break between receiving information and reacting, between having an idea and taking action, between having a thought and believing it, we create the space for consciousness to step in and we move forward with more awareness of what's happening both externally and internally. True freedom is a state of mind. When we are free, we become open to the flow of abundance. There are many ways to experience being truly present. Taking a daily walk is a must for me. I'm amazed at how much more alive and calm I feel just a few steps in. Another thing that I found particularly powerful is breath work. For me, one hour of this practice equals years of talk therapy. I finish feeling more at peace and experiencing a new level of clarity about what I truly desire and need. Lily Pettit is not only a healer, she's built a business doing work that she loves. Lily helps people organize their homes by identifying their emotional attachment to their belongings. She guides them toward releasing their attachments and making their homes more beautiful and aligned with who they are today. By the end of the process, her clients establish a sense of calm, newfound clarity, and a higher sense of consciousness in their emotional and physical space. Lily is also a breathwork practitioner and an amazing one at that. She felt so different after her first class that she dove in as a teacher. This particular style of breathwork is all done through an open mouth. In yoga classes, you're usually doing the ujjayi breath, which is all through the nose. When we breathe through our mouths, we're much more concerned with the lower chakras of the body, explained Lily. Breathing through the mouth connects us more deeply to those lower parts of the body, whereas when you do practices like yoga or other types of breathwork, breathing through the nose, it's much more about connecting up. When you're breathing in this way, you're starting to unlock and release a lot of the stuck emotions and energy that tend to get stored down in that low belly area, she said. Your mind has something to focus on by concentrating on the breathing. The breath is really amazing for people that have a very overactive mind because it gives them something to hold on to or even count. 
What happens when we start to open up the nervous system in this way is we allow the space to then tap into the emotions that most of us in the Western world are stuffing down. We use staying busy and working and drinking to check out and not be in our body, explained Lily. For many people, this particular kind of practice is the first time that they're actually in their body. In that safe space, they are able to access emotions and let them go. It's an emotional release exercise and very much a meditation. Similar to yoga class, you get this really beautiful resting phase and at the end where you just get to lie in silence. Moving this energy in a very active way allows space to be created once you get into that resting phase. Then intuition starts to kick in. You'll actually hear messages. You might feel things in your body for the first time. Someone might feel seen and heard for the first time and feeling connected to something is the number one human desire after all. This practice offers an opportunity to come back into ourselves and to remember who we are. Breathwork empties out all the drama and stories and excuses. The more you practice tapping into this intuition and clarity, the easier it is to connect back to that feeling. Breath really is one of the most powerful tools we have in our body, and it's accessible to you at any time. This constant practice of breathing and clearing out the mind has been a game changer for me on a personal and professional level. Just consider the possibility that the biggest obstacle between where you are now and where you want to get to is your opinion of how possible that is for you, said Jessica Huey, who's a powerful author we had on the podcast. If you can see it, then you can do it. A traveler does not arrive at the airport with no bags and no destination in mind. She imagines swimming in the Mediterranean and then takes steps to buy tickets and pack bags before arriving at the airport. A construction team does not lay the foundation of a house without a blueprint. We envision an idea pushing past what we think is possible in order to dream. The clarity of our vision determines the precision of our actions. You can be sitting in the same room with three people who each see the world in radically different ways. One is ruminating over a fight with her sister. Another anticipates a tough email waiting in his inbox, and a third marvels at the beauty of the mountains outside the window. We are all living in our own worlds, our own thoughts and perceptions determining how we experience our surroundings and what we think is possible. Vision is the ability to see beyond limitations with clarity about how to reach a goal. You have the power to change your thoughts, which means you have the power to transform any situation that pains you. If you can glimpse even a percent of a possibility for something different, then you're starting to get back in control. You can even turn it into a game, no matter how ridiculous it feels, looking for evidence that the exact opposite of what you believe about a situation is true. Phil Jackson, who coached the Los Angeles Lakers and the Chicago Bulls to NBA championships, made visualization a mandatory warm-up. He asked players to visualize themselves moving through the game and the sensation of making a shot. The players arrived on the court ready to achieve what their minds had shown them was possible. You must prepare for life the same way that the LA Lakers prepare for the championships. No joke. Take time daily to visualize yourself taking action towards your goal. It might be making a speech, securing a sale, or just writing for 30 minutes without pause. Then allow yourself to feel the sensation of receiving that first check, walking onto the stage, or pressing publish. Allow that sensation to settle into your body because what you're ultimately aiming for is the feeling that comes from achieving your goals. There is unlimited potential inside of you, but it takes a daily practice to access it. I would love to see you do this work of powerful realignment so that the subconscious can begin to support your path. 
Sarah Blondin began a process of self-discovery and wound up offering healing to so many souls. Her daily practice of journaling catapulted her Live Awake podcast, a sensational self-guided meditation. She spoke to me about how to take responsibility for your healing in times of pain, how to trust in your intuition, and what brilliant things can happen when you vote for your soul. Living Awake is about being wholly responsible for the healing of your life and waking up to the tremendous beauty in the strife and joy of it all. It's really about waking up to our heart. In order to get to that place, we have to look, listen, and show up for ourselves in our most difficult and gutted moments, Sarah said. It is about snapping yourself out of the hard places and looking for the gold in them. My podcast, Live Awake, was born from a really hard place that I don't think was easy to survive. I don't say that lightly. People reach self-awareness in different ways. While many turn to meditation or journaling, taking a walk alone near the ocean is also a conduit for this awakening. Your intuition will guide you to what is right for you, Sarah said. I meditate every day, she said, because I like to calm my mind at the end of the day, or at least try to. I like to just sit with myself, close my eyes, and breathe. But I also like to walk in nature when I need to process something or I need help answering a question. If you're feeling overwhelmed or in a place of despair, ask yourself, what tools do you have to awaken, inspire, and reconnect with yourself? Sarah reminded me how shamans will often ask someone who is depressed, when did you forget to sing? When did you forget to dance? When did you stop finding refuge in silence? When did you stop being enchanted by stories? What they're really asking is when that person stopped doing all the things that made their spirit sing. It is so easy to fall prey to fear and forget all our hopes amidst the power of panic and anxiety. Sarah found herself at a turning point in her career and through meditation and movement, found the quiet strength to show up as her best self. We have to learn to listen to the excited part of the soul and step into that at each growth point. We have to move our bodies and move the energy, whether that's through yoga or drumming, to grow and rise beyond the fear. I find that panic, anxiety, and depression are signals that you're standing at the threshold. They're asking you, babe, what do you want? What are you going to do? This is your chance to walk through the fear and step into the highest version of yourself. You're collecting evidence. You're getting bigger and bigger. Heidi Stevens describes herself as a soulful business coach and spreads her knowledge through coaching programs, mentorships, and her podcast, The Soul of Business. Heidi is dedicated to helping creative entrepreneurs heal from their own suffering and expand their careers into thriving enterprises. She believes that getting in touch with your soul is not easy, but totally possible. It's literally getting quiet, she said. So what does that actually look like? It means finding a practice that works for you that's going to look completely different for each person. For some people, it will be taking a walk outside or sitting silently. It starts by knowing what you need at any given time. If there's built up emotion in the body, sitting in meditation for 15 minutes is not going to do anything. Running or dancing to music or doing breath work allows me to move some emotion and create space so that I can actually get quiet enough to ask myself, what's going on here? It really allows us to notice and to name those things that are happening and to allow them to come forward. So the way that I describe it, I like to say that we all have these voices inside us at any given time and they're literally all present. And all of these pieces of ourself are on a bus and at any given point, one of them is driving the bus. And so to notice that when fear starts coming up and driving the bus or when our ego-based thoughts that want to keep us locked in fear, shame, guilt, unworthiness, when those start coming up and we know them because they don't feel good in our body, they feel like a black hole and start taking us down. You can literally feel it when you start tuning in. It's not about alienating them or trying to eradicate them. It's actually about naming them, seeing them, and genuinely asking them to take a backseat in the bus. Fear. 
I see you. I hear you. I get that you're really, really afraid to go and do X, Y, or Z. The thing that you know you need to be doing to move your business or whatever forward. So I'm going to hold you right here and I'm going to ask you to take a back seat. I'm going to ask that my spirit, that my heart, that my soul, that the part of me that knows that I'm capable and knows that I'm able to do this, that this part of me comes forward and starts driving the bus. There is so much equanimity, energy, and goodness waiting for us if we can simply become open to receiving it. We must remember how necessary and productive it is to carve out this intentional time to pause and just be. During college, I did a semester abroad and spent time all over Spain in Barcelona, Sevilla, Granada, Valencia, and Cordoba, all these beautiful cities. What's incredible about Southern Europe is that in the middle of the day, the shops would close, people would take a nap, and then dinner would come and people would have these long dinners. People would sit outside with friends and have conversations for hours. If somebody said, let's go get a cup of coffee, they would sit there. It really wasn't about the coffee. It was just about sitting and being together. After college, I lived in Jerusalem and I couldn't believe the way everything would just stop on Friday afternoon. Everyone observed the Sabbath in some way, taking time to be with their family, coming home at the end of the week to people who made time to connect with each other and be together above everything else. I learned that there's an art to just being alive and cultivating joy and presence. The more we deepen our capacity to rest, the richer, more beautiful lives we will create. Perhaps it's true that less is really more. And then you guys, at the end of every chapter, I gave you some takeaways and some journaling prompts. So at the end of this chapter, it says, remember this, having a practice to insert a pause in your day will help you in many ways. Slowing down puts you in direct communication with your higher self and divine energy. It is a powerful tool to gain clarity and peace around next steps. There are many ways to be mindful and cultivate presence, and you can experiment to find which feels best to you. Our subconscious mind holds the power to direct our thoughts and days. Visualization is as important to success as any business strategy. Become a vessel to receive synchronicities in your life. This past weekend, as I mentioned to you on Monday, I was with Julia Cameron at a retreat she did for The Artist's Way. And she said something huge. She said, I see no distinction between creativity and spirituality. And what she means is that it's when we allow ourselves to do creative work, when we play, when we're exploring, when we're just in the moment doing those things that really feel creative and light us up, we get out of our head and we start to get these like downloads. Like she was saying how there have been times where she's driving and she just starts to hear the beginning of a short story. You know, Mr. Brown came home and realized, and she's like, I got to go home and write the story about Mr. Brown. And there've been so many people I've heard Tom Petty. I heard him say once that when he's playing guitar, sometimes like he realizes like he doesn't even know that he's playing. Like it's just the guitar is sort of like playing itself. And she was talking about how every single one of us, if you look back and ask yourself, what did my eight-year-old self love to do? They're all creative things. You know, for some of you, your eight-year-old self loved to draw or paint or collage or write music or dance or movement, you know, play outside in some way. And she considers that also being creative. Like any action where we are, not in our conscious mind where we're sort of like judging ourselves or we're looking for an outcome, but where we're just surrendered to exploring and playing and just having fun with our hands, with our bodies, with our talents. Like all of that is, 
I can see what she means. Like that is a spiritual practice. And I've heard so many successful people. Steve Jobs used to say that it was mandatory that he would take a few walks every single day, that that's where he would actually find these beautiful big ideas. That's where things would come to him. And he wasn't forcing it, but he knew that his business wasn't going to grow because he was staring at the computer or sitting at, at work all day long, every single day. Recently, my business coach said to me that there's only about 90 minutes of work you can do every single day that will actually move your business forward. And the rest of it, we should be really just in our creative space and practicing that muscle, even if we're creating not for any quote unquote productive reason, but just to play. It's like flexing that muscle. Do you remember when Daniel Pink was here? He was talking about how there are so many companies that understand how important this is now. And so he was talking about Microsoft and how they give their employees free time where their employees are being paid to come to work, but they require that they don't work on any work stuff during that time. And that they, they say, work on whatever you just feel inspired to work on. And Daniel Pink was also saying that there are so many scientists. He was giving an example of, of a scientist, a group of scientists who won the Nobel Prize because they were in the lab and they decided to take a break from what they were doing to just sort of explore these other ideas. And it was only through that exploration and that play where they were just allowing themselves to try things and just have fun in the moment. And their creativity was really unleashed. And that's when they actually found this huge discovery. And that's what they won the Nobel Prize for. So I think that for so many of us, we've just gotten so far away from that inner eight-year-old. We've gotten so far away from that part of us that connects to the divinity, to the source of creation, that connects to those magical ideas, those magical, brilliant things that want to come through us. And so it is so important that we realize that if you want to come upon your, your life's work or figure out your business idea, then we have to take some time away. And instead of trying to think our way to this idea, it'd be really good to get back in touch with really what's in there. And, and maybe by taking ourselves away from staring at a computer screen or making lists and actually just going and breathing and living and playing, it's just going to come. And we will awaken a part of ourselves that is so wise, that knows what we love, that knows what we want to do. And, and you'll be halfway through doing something just for fun, like getting out some watercolor and playing with that or taking yourself on an artist date to a museum just to be inspired or you'll, you'll get some sidewalk chalk or you'll be making a collage or, or doing a floral design class or just doing something that just feels fun and playful that your inner eight-year-old would love to do. And and maybe three weeks into doing this or six minutes into doing it, you'll just have this knowing of, oh, you know what I really want to create? You know what I really want to do? So this is where I'm at. And I remind myself over and over again, whenever I'm feeling stuck in my business or I'm wondering, where's the clarity? What am I supposed to do next? Yes, I need to start thinking about strategies. And on this show, every single episode, we're talking about how important it is to know your audience, how important it is to understand that sales isn't about sales. It's about connection. It's about telling stories. It's about value. All of that's important. But before we can even put all that into play, 
We want to really know that we're in alignment, doing the work that really is the work we want to do, that we want to unleash all of this magic and spend all this time on. So I'd love for you to do a few exercises where maybe you take a minute after you're done listening to this and write a letter to yourself from eight-year-old you and let that inner artist, let that eight-year-old you tell you whatever she wants or he wants to do more of and what just see what comes out. Write a letter to yourself from your eight-year-old self and see what, what she wants to say to you. And another thing I'd love you to do is make a couple lists. Make a list of what would be 10 things you'd love to do if you didn't have to do them perfectly. And then another fun list would be write down five imaginary lives, imaginary careers, write down five things you love to do. If you didn't have to be perfect at it, if you didn't have to think about what what your mind thinks is realistic or practical, but what would be five imaginary lives? And then I would really love to see you guys take an artist date, like Julia Cameron talks about, like take some time just for you. And then I would love to hear how this is going. And maybe we will post a thread to follow up and ask you. And I'd love to see you guys comment in our Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group and let me know what came up when you wrote that letter from your eight-year-old self. What came up when you wrote down what are 10 things you would do if you didn't have to do them perfectly? I'd love to hear the answers to those questions. So this was just one taste of the book. I read you a part of chapter nine and there's 12 total chapters. And this book really takes you through a process of feeling inspired, seeing what's possible, helping you identify those parts of yourself that you may have stopped listening to. I think that you guys would love this book and I'm going to be doing a giveaway on my Instagram for those of you who buy a copy and buy a copy for a friend. I'll be giving away two $350 um, gift cards to Anthropology, which is my favorite store. And if you would rather have the gift card to Target, you also can choose that, whatever just feels better. I know for some of you, you'd like to spend that money on yourself and you should. And for some of you, it's back to school and maybe you could use um, the $350 gift card to Target. So you'll get to choose, but I'll be giving away two of those gift cards. Um, So come to my Instagram and you can enter the giveaway All you have to do is pre-order a copy of the book for yourself and a copy of the book for a friend. I think that you'll find that this book brings you back to yourself, brings you back to what's possible and gives you the courage to take action and gives you some steps on what action to take. So I can't wait for you guys to read it. Also, those of you who enter the raffle, I'll be choosing five of you to send you an advanced copy and I will sign the copy and send you a little gift as well. So um, definitely go ahead and check out the giveaway on my Instagram. And now I want to turn things over to your wins. So let's put the spotlight on you. Sheila posted in our Facebook group and said, imposter syndrome is real. I am a candle maker. And before this podcast, I would have already quit this adventure. Before this podcast, I would still be stuck in a job that I do not like. Now I have the confidence and know how to push through and try new things and keep trying. Again, I'm a candle maker. And this is the week that I've given myself that title. This is also the week that I told people that I resigned from my job. My last day is August 23rd and I'm going back to school. I'm turning 39 this summer and I feel like I have so many new possibilities. I'm nervous and I'm fearful, but I now can push through. 
So thanks. Sheila, that's amazing. I love your enthusiasm and your energy towards all the things ahead of you. And even if you're a little nervous, you should know that that's totally normal. I'm so proud of you for taking your seat at the table and owning that title of being a candle maker, because as you said, you are a candle maker. I can't wait to hear about all the possibilities you're about to explore. So please keep us posted. Okay. The next win is from Cassie who also posted in our Facebook group. And she said, I've been side hustling for eight years with a cottage food business. I've complained for eight years that it would be impossible to make a full-time living from doing just food out of my kitchen. This past fall, my husband finally said, why don't you just go ahead and build your own facility? Well, after many setbacks from the weather, dirt started to move yesterday and concrete will be poured tomorrow. My full-time food business will be here sooner rather than later, and it would have been never if my husband hadn't encouraged me to go all in. So thank you, Kathy, for the great podcast, and thank you to this group for the uplifting posts. Cassie, that's just amazing. I love these behind-the-scenes photos you posted with the construction workers and the progress that you're making. It's so inspiring to see you taking action like this and just trying it out because, like your husband said, why not? We're all really excited to see this come to fruition. You guys can give Cassie some love. She's on Facebook and Instagram at Cassie's Country Covered. If you have a win that you want to celebrate, you can feel free to DM me on Instagram at Kathy.Heller or post it in our Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group. If you haven't already, take a second and subscribe to this podcast. And if you like this episode or any other episode, please take a second right now and share it with a friend. Share it with someone if you feel like they have something big to contribute to the world, but they might just need that extra little nudge to awaken that dream. Thank you guys for listening. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Monday.